from Australia, from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious Bill Show Studios. It's time for the Bill Show Politics this week. And now, here are your hosts, Bill and Randy. Gosh, you make me laugh just hearing you. <laughs> just, it's good to hear your voice. Well, that's it's it. It's good that's, to hear your voice. We're all married today. That's good. I like that. That's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, we're not in lockdown anymore. Uh, we were on during the last show. Well, you... We're kind of happy. It's happy in springtime. Well, you're not in lockdown. I'm still in lockdown. I'm still staring oh, no. at my cat here, okay? You know, in, oh, in t- oh, okay. the Tucker Carlson, you know, fascist moonscape that is Melbourne. <laughs> oh yeah. So how you been? Hey, uh, by the way, hello, hello, uh, listeners. Uh, Hi, how are hello, you? Hello, listener. Uh, yeah, it's good to hear. You. It's good to see your. Uh, well, we don't see you. We don't hear you. It's good to imagine you're there. It's it's just like I'm here, but I'm not. It, not you, uh, them, them. It's just like they're here. They they definitely are. Uh, wherever you are, you're, 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 thanks for thanks for tuning in. Uh, what were you saying, Randy? <laughs> Thanks for downloading us. Thanks for downloading us. Actually, a lot of people don't download. Yeah. They, they just stream it. They just stream it on uh, Spotify. I have That's what no I do. idea how many people listen to us. I have no... There may be... I thought, I thought you got stats. I thought you got stats. Yeah, I get stats on downloads. But yeah, if, but not on listening. Yeah, no. I, I mean, people could just stream it. So, you know, if they have Spotify, they'll just hit play. They don't want to keep the episode. God knows. (laughs) The only person that keeps these episodes is me. (laughs) Well, I I do too. I sit at home at night like Nixon listening to my tapes. God, I remember what I said then. (laughs) There was an 18-minute gap in one of the episodes there, Randy. (laughs) I had to see Deep Throat three times to get it down pat. (laughs) Yes, bring out your Nixon jokes, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Bring them out. Come on. Why is that one in the snow, right? I said, well, I, somebody pissed in the snow. Fuck Nixon. You know, we found out it was Henry Kissinger, but it was Pat's handwriting. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's champagne comedy, folks, from years ago. <laughs> Champagne comedy. Oh dear. Uh, anyway, listen. We are really happy. To I think we're go ahead. All the all the comedy these days. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are old. We're both old people. We're both. Yeah, old we are people. old people who listen to the news, aren't we? So uh, let's let's have a listen to the news stream, ladies and gentlemen. All the news that's fit and unfit. From the last couple of weeks in American politics. Randy, I'm very excited. Are you? Yeah, I am. You can tell. I just told you uh, that there are a lot of things. Now, we had uh, we had the 9-11 ceremony. Several. 20 which, years. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, we had the 9-11 ceremony, and that was, uh, I, I, I think, very, very sobering. Um and that brings us to our first story, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, George Bush at the 9-11 memorial ceremony uh, reminded us 
that Republicans once believed in democracy. <laughs> this is according to a... Yeah, now I'm opening with something really strong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this little comical editorial appeared in the New York Times. Uh, in his first inaugural address, Thomas Jefferson forecast that the young nation would unite in common efforts for the common good after the bitter election of 1800. George W. Bush reminded us of those sacred ties in his magnificent speech Saturday, contrasting the warm courage of national unity after the 9-11 attacks with the domestic terrorism Donald Trump has unleashed. As he said from the podium, boy, I'll tell you, we were all unified. It was so damn easy to get us into a war, then kind of makes me all teary all over again. I mean, you guys were so blindly patriotic, we even invaded a country that had absolutely nothing to do with 9-11, stayed there for 10 years, killed about a million people, and you were still on board with it. Man, those were the days, I'll tell you. I mean, think about it. I friggin' tortured, bombed, and killed thousands of our own troops, sending them to a war we could not win, while me and my vice president made millions on no-bid contracts. And you guys invited me to speak at the memorial service. Wow, if that ain't blind patriotic stupidity, the kind that made this country great, I don't know what is. Bush then took out a gun and shot a serviceman and allowed the soldier to thank him for going to the trouble. Thank you for your service, said the 43rd president. I'm having lunch with Ellen DeGeneres. I'm sorry, is that too bitter for you? <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Did he really have did he really have lunch with Ellen? Uh no 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 no. I, I Oh you sat made there. that up. Oh. I said I made up the entire thing. And, no, uh, and he Afghanistan didn't say that. was twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. I watching George W. Bush at the nine eleven thing, I I have I have I I you guys live in the Twilight Zone. I swear to God, America is proof that George Goebbels, uh, what, what George Goebbels, yes, the comic George Goebbels from the Hollywood Squares. No, <laughs> Goebbels, the, <laughs> he was always the top one next to Paul Lynn. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that Joseph Goebbels was, um, uh, was a piker because George W. Bush perpetrated a war on a country that didn't do anything, killed thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And he gets to go there and speak. Yeah. It is, he should be in front of a court at The Hague. And America is just like, now George Bush is okay. Now, now the little painty boy is okay. Painting his feet, going around with Ellen DeGeneres, <laughs> kind of like some Andy Griffith character. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. Anyway, there's more, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, did you want to know if there was more? Yes, there is, ladies and gentlemen. That's um, not all. That's not all. That's not all. No, there's more right here on The Bill Show. Senator Joe Manchin. Uh, the Democrat, allegedly from West Virginia, oh, yeah, has him. doubled down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, 
Really, guys? I'm one of you. <laughs> um, Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, has doubled down on calling for parents to work for expanded child tax credit benefits. <laughs> Echoing Republican talking points and throwing a wrench into a central component of his own party's policy agenda. Uh, the measure that Biden is putting forward has been hailed as one of the most consequential anti-policy, anti-poverty policies enacted in decades, and it's estimate to do, estimated to do a great deal to cut child poverty in the United States. Children have long suffered the highest rates of poverty in the U.S. When asked to comment, Manchin said, that's right, we're fucking number one. Numero uno. The big cheese, the head on show. When it comes to child poverty, we're on top of the charts. We're, you don't want us to lose to some tiny fucking country like Somalia, do you? <laughs> Besides, ever since my body and soul has been taken over by the ghost of Joe Lieberman, I can't control myself. <laughs> I'm in favor of everything the Republicans are in favor of. I mean, you know, like, take cancer. I'm for it. <laughs> It's a tough position, but I feel that there has to be a middle road stance on these issues, like child care. Fuck child care. For that matter, fuck children. You see, I cannot help myself. Manchin then took out a service revolver and shot a soldier and thanked him for his service. See, there I go again. I think I need to lie down. <laughs> oh, Willie, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Uh, the and then, uh, of course, there was another story here, uh, which I really loved because <laughs> we do live in the twilight zone where George Bush gets to do a memorial service at nine eleven. Um, Trump threatened to withhold friendship from Pence over election certification. That's <laughs> that <what> kills me. <laughs> Donald Trump reportedly pressured Mike Pence to disrupt the official election certification process in the waning days in office by telling the vice president, and I quote, I don't want to be your friend anymore if you don't do this. Yeah, that's right. It's like a kid. (laughs) And Pence responded to the report by saying, ah, you know, it was really tough for me. I mean, uh, he's got a club that meets in a treehouse in the Rose Garden. (laughs) <laughs> you, you ever see the one with Kevin had in Home Alone? It's just like that. <laughs> <laughs> he has it, man, with a thing, you know. <laughs> and then he's he and then the, it, he, yeah, he makes the Secret Service chase us, <laughs> and they, they bounce around. It's fun. And he had that. Uh, he had that. It was wicked cool. And but uh, I could see that Rudy Giuliani was texting him in class. And then suddenly he defriended me. The vice president then collapsed in a corner while he rocked back and forth. His wife finished the news conference. Can't you see what Donald has done? <laughs> He's conflicted. He's always been a school refuser. Now how, what am I going to do with him? Mrs. Pence consulted with security before taking the former vice president out for an ice cream cone and a dose of medication. And further in the news later on today... This is a little uh, item that I saw that I thought was cheery. Yeah. Uh, here it is. Uh, number of right-wing radio hosts in the country seems to be plummeting. 
They're plummeting, plummeting about six feet under. That's where they're plummeting. Yeah, I know. Colorado radio host who urged boycott of vaccines dies of COVID-19. They write themselves. Uh, Bob Enyard, a right-wing talk show host in Colorado, who urged people to boycott vaccines for COVID-19, has, you know, died of COVID-19. Bob's co-host, Fred Williams, said, and I love this quote, Bob Enyart was one of the smartest and without question wisest people I've ever known. <laughs> Gee, uh, Fred, I, I don't know. If, not really sure about that. <laughs> I'm sure he had some fine qualities, you know, handy around the house, great with animals. Looked great in a suit, I understand. <laughs> but I'm not sure if IQ was up there. Bob also had a really good sense of humor. During the AIDS crisis, he used to play Another One Bites the Dust when gay men died of AIDS on his radio show. He was Christian, right? <laughs> well, we just wanted to send Bob out with a, a, a fitting tribute. Bob, this is for you. It's raining men. Yeah, it's that'll piss you off. Oh, it's my <laughs> earworm now for the rest of the night. Damn you. I, oh, I, went, I love it, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Well, uh, <laughs> bye-bye, Bob. <laughs> you know, I don't know how, how many... Uh, I, there's like going to be five right-wing radio hosts on the radio in America left after this finishes. On a, on um, a, seri there's on a another serious story note, I, Bill, we talked about this last week, that I think by go. the midterms uh, next year, yeah. uh, in November, so a year from mm -hmm. now, it could some yeah. seats could actually fall. The conservative majority. Wow. There are so many uh, conservative people uh, dying of COVID that, and yeah. it could yeah. actually swing the election. That they're actually, yeah, I because we, yeah. we talked about yeah. that on the last show, and then they've come out with a few things and saying, "Hey, man, in these key districts, <laughs> the death rate's getting yeah. pretty high." <laughs> You know, you know, it's like stop being cynical. No, it's I just I thought it was true. a I thought it was you a know, joke uh, when I first read it a couple of weeks ago. But then when I, I found that that thing no. by uh, you know David Packman, it's true. It's true. It is true. It is true. Uh, anyway, listen, we could, uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit about Florida and more of, uh, of that later, but I had to bring oh, to attention oh, this one oh. uh, story that I, I have that popped through, and it, it's just a story. It's not even about politics, but it goes something like this. Using recovered DNA to genetically res resurrect an extinct species may be moving closer to reality with the creation this week of a new company that aims to bring back woolly mammoths thousands of years after the last of the giants have disappeared from the Arctic tundra. Flush with 15 million... Like, when has that ever gone mm. badly? Uh, Jurassic Park 1, 2, and 3? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, when has that gone badly? Flush with $15 million uh, infusion of funding... Harvard University genetics professor George Church, known for his pioneering work in genome sequencing and gene splicing, hopes the company can usher in an era when mammoths again will walk the Arctic tundra. 
He and other researchers are also working on breeding a group of scientists stupid enough to keep returning to their island after they spent previous visits running for their lives. <laughs> We're looking for a crossing Tucker Carlson, Jeff Goldblum, with one of those guys that, I don't know, pump bleach in their ass because Trump told yeah. them to. <laughs> Make them a doctor, throw in a blonde, watch them hobble around the snowdrifts, looking for their kids, trying not to get eaten a couple of times. Should provide entertainment at least till the glacial thaw. Then who cares? We'll all be dead anyway, said Professor Church. And that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is the news. Is uh, all I have of the comedy news. There is one thing that I wanted to do before we went to the break. Um, I, I, uh, did you watch any of the 9 11 I ceremony? did. And you know what moved me the most was when they brought it together all the 20 year olds that were born in the nine months, uh, the nine months after 9 11, yeah, to pregnant wives of people that yeah. were killed in the towers. And there were actually an awful lot of them, mainly from firemen. And that was the most moving thing for me was these 20 children. I mean, uh, these 20-year-old children or 20-year-old uh, men and women who'd grown up without a father in the shadow of the Twin Towers. Yeah. And that that actually said, well, you know, it's not just the, the two or 3,000 people that lost their lives. It's the ripple effect of all those um, young people and families that were touched Um and and I and that that I think was the most uh, um, moving thing for me. Hmm. I I um. I I think the most moving thing for me is um, well, the most angering thing was seeing Bush. I got to say, I I, I don't yeah. understand it. Um. The most moving thing for me, I think, is this is just the simple stories of regular people that went down to nine eleven. I mean, people just went to help, and then you know, then of course, you a lot of those people didn't get insurance and died. Yes, from, from the uh, asbestos, the, re the Republican the asbestos problems. Yeah, yeah, the Republican Party didn't. You know, Mitch McConnell blocking. Funding for the longest time for 9-11 survivors. And I, I just, you know, the, the fact that any Republican would show up at that ceremony makes my stomach turn. And I saw um, another... It, it is... Uh, I saw another ahead. quite moving story of, of somebody who had been a firefighter and before the dust settled had already gone back to his old fire station and worked for days helping to find, because most of the crew had actually been in the towers, helping to find survivors. Mm. And um, that yeah. was Steve Buscemi. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, amazing, yeah. amazing. But I remember I remember when I was here. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I, we, we both were in yeah. Australia when this happened. And Chris and I were sitting up one night. We, we, the West Wing was on. The West Wing was here during the evening, which was your morning. And then it happened. And, and people who knew I was an American just called me. We went down to the Rod Labor Arena. The uh, memorial service was held down the road. It was packed. 
you could not get near the American embassy. It was just an acre of flowers. There was so much positivity mm. toward the great example of what America could be when you saw firemen and just workers and people who have no motivation to do this other than as a community to, to help deal with this. And then to watch these politicians use that, that unquestioned devotion to the idea that we're Americans and we stick together, and to use that for the ulterior motives of having an oil war in Iraq in the Middle East is, I think, it, it, as Michael Moore said, you wonder if people, you wonder why military personnel will ever trust us again. Yes, I've heard. I've heard that you know, because the abuse of their bravery and their valor, and it's not just the military; it's also the the country itself. To see that you know many of these people who went down to nine eleven and and were in that pit uh, had to literally scream and bring themselves to the House of Representatives to get treatment for the injuries they had that day. Hmm. Uh, I'm sorry to say I was actually asleep. I'd done a shift on the radio and got home and went to bed about 10 o'clock, which would have been just as the first plane hit. So I missed it completely. Because it happened Mm. about uh, 10 p.m. down here. Um, And I'd been working a, a, a radio shift and was buggered, so I um, came home and went to bed. So I didn't see it till it was over. Mm. Yeah, it, it was it was amazing. I I've never seen anything mm. like it. Listen, the best piece of writing that I have ever heard that was prophecy. Um, you know, Hunter Thompson always got a reputation for being a clown. You know, and he was toward the end. I mean, he was a, you know, he was a very, but his writing and his political writing and all the stuff that people would say that, you know, Hunter's crazy, Hunter's crazy. This is a piece of writing that uh, I did before the show. Uh, It's entitled Fear and Loathing in America, the Beginning of the End. It's written by Hunter Thompson. Um, I think it's the most amazing prophecy. This guy died before the end of this war. And he he absolutely nails what's going to happen. And Crazy Hunter was right. And uh, I'd like you to listen to this if you haven't heard it already. This is uh, Hunter Thompson, uh, Fear and Loathing in America, the Beginning of the End, his report from 9-11. It was just before dawn in Woody Creek when the first bomb hit New York City this morning. As usual, I was writing about sports, but not for long. Football suddenly seemed irrelevant compared to the scenes of destruction and utter devastation coming out of New York on TV. Even ESPN was broadcasting war news. It was the worst disaster in the history of the United States, including Pearl Harbor the San Francisco earthquake, and probably the Battle of Antietam in 1862, where 23,000 American soldiers were slaughtered in one day. 
The Battle of the World Trade Center lasted about 99 minutes and cost 20,000 lives in two hours, according to the unofficial estimate as of midnight on Tuesday. The final numbers, including those from a supposedly impregnable Pentagon across the Potomac River in Washington, will likely be higher. Anything that kills 300 trained firefighters in two hours is a world-class disaster. The towers are gone now, reduced to bloody rubble, along with all the hopes of peace in our time, in the U.S. or any other country. Make no mistake about it, we are at war now with somebody, and we will stay at the war with that strange and mysterious enemy for the rest of our lives. It will be a religious war, a sort of Christian jihad. Fueled by religious hatred and led by merciless fanatics on both sides, it'll be guerrilla warfare on a global scale, with no front lines, no identifiable enemy. Osama bin Laden will be a primitive figurehead, or even dead, for all we know. But whoever put those all-American jet planes loaded with all-American fuel into the 110-story high Twin Towers and the Pentagon did it with chilling and precision and accuracy. We're going to punish somebody for this attack. But just who and where will be blown to smithereens for it, it's hard to say. Maybe Afghanistan, maybe Pakistan, or Iraq. Possibly all three at once, who knows. Not even the generals in what remains of the Pentagon or the New York papers calling for war seem to know who did it or where to look for them. It is going to be a very expensive war, and victory is not guaranteed. For anyone, and certainly not for a baffled little creep like George W. Bush. All he knows is that his father started the war a long time ago, and that he, the goofy child president, has been chosen by fate and the global oil industry to finish it off. He can declare a national security emergency and clap down hard on everybody, no matter where they live or why. If the guilty won't hold up their hands and confess, he and the generals will ferret them out by force. Good luck. He is in for a profoundly difficult job, armed as he is with no credible military intelligence, no witnesses, and only the ghost of bin Laden to blame for the tragedy. Okay, it's 24 hours later now, and we're not getting much information about the five W's of this thing. Not even the numbers of dead or wounded can be established. CNN reports more than 800 people standing in line to donate blood at St. Vincent's Hospital in Greenwich Village but only fewer than 500 victims brought to the emergency room. Numbers don't add up. I'm confused. Numbers out of the Pentagon are baffling as if military censorship has already been imposed on the media. It is ominous. The only news on TV comes from weeping victims and ignorant speculators. The lid is on. Loose lips sink ships. Don't say anything that will give aid and comfort to the enemy. Hunter Thompson doing the prophecy that he, he never lived to finish the war that he prophesied. And, but he got it right. But anyway, listen, I want to actually play something. Uh, this is, uh, if you haven't seen the musical, uh, Come From Away. Have you, heard, have you seen it? Uh, it's a musical about 9-11, if you haven't seen it. Uh, when, they, when they grounded all the planes, Randy, um, all these uh, planes were over the Atlantic, and uh, they they had to ground them over the Atlantic. And there was this, um, I think it's in Greenland. Was it in Greenland that it, that it takes place? 
In Newfoundland, right. And Gander in Newfoundland had an airport for when before planes could do, you know, the the whole thing. You know, they, they had to stop and refuel. Yeah. And it hadn't been used for years. It's like this field, no one comes there. And this small town. And all the planes landed in Gander. And it's about how these people pull together. And when I see 9-11, what, what I remember about 9-11 that made me feel um, incredible, that there's really good, in the, that it's good in the world too, you know? Because the amount of people who felt that way toward America here, but also watching these people, everyone, everyone, uh, all the simple people, <laughs> all the people who take the orders, all the people who do the jobs, binding together as one and to find to, to to be a leader and to misuse that is a sacrilege it's a sacrilege against god and the country uh this is from um come from away if you get a chance to see it it's amazing it's amazing, and it's it's on tour. It's in the United States. If you have a chance to see it, it was here in Australia. I saw it twice. Uh, this is from Come From Away, and then we're going to be back with Randy's Rant for show 281. On the northeast tip of North America, on an island called Newfoundland, there's an airport. It used to be one of the biggest airports in the world, and next to it is a town called Gander. Welcome to the rack if you come from away. Huh? You probably understand about a half of what we say. Yes. They say no man's an island, but an island makes a man. Especially when one comes from one like Newfoundland. Welcome to the rack. That morning, I'm in the classroom. It's our first day back, and the school buses are on Not exactly thrilled to be inside on such a gorgeous day. So I told them we'd only have a half day this morning, and they were quite pleased. Until I told them we'd have the other half in the afternoon. Welcome to the wildest weather that you've ever heard of. Where everyone is nicer, but it's never nice above. Welcome to the farthest place you'll get from Disneyland. Fish and chips and shipwrecks. This is Newfoundland. Welcome to the rock. Airport Boulevard to get to school, and that time of day, people are in a little bit of a rush to get to work and stuff. So, normally, I sit there and run my radar. And if they're speeding, I'll stop them and write out a warning ticket. I'll write STFD. Slow the fuck down. Welcome to the land where the winter strike to kill us, and we said, We will not be killed. Welcome to the land where the waters try to drown us, and we said, we will not be drowned. Welcome to the land where we lost our loved ones and we said, We will still go on. Welcome to the land where the wind tried to blow. And we said no. That morning I dropped my kids off at school and head to the SPCA where I'm greeted by my other kids all barking and meowing for breakfast and a belly rub. Not that I'm complaining, I love them. But by the time feeding is done, I got to get back to pick up my human kids, so I take just one second for myself, and I'm sitting in my car. I'm in the library. I'm in the staff room. And, and I, I turn, turn on, on the radio. radio. 
frog goes into a bank to get a loan. <laughs> Imagine. So the frog goes up to the lady, and she has a little name tag on, as they do. It says Whack. So her name is Mrs. Whack. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, can I uh, get a loan? I don't know. You're, you're a frog. Well, I want a loan. Well, what's your name? Kermit. You're not Kermit the Frog. No, no, no. I was named after him. The name's Kermit Jagger. My father's Mick Jagger, and my mother's a frog. He fucked a frog. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm his offspring. Is it? Well, anyways, I want a loan uh, for a lily pad. <laughs> Well, you can't, I don't know if you can have one. Do you have any collateral? Well, I have this. And the frog pulls out a, a little sh shiny pink elephant, you know, and a little shiny pink elephant. So Mrs. Wack looks at it, and her name's Patty. I don't think this is much collateral, you know, but I'll talk to the bank manager about it, you know. There's a fro frog out there, Kermit Jagger, gave me this damn thing. Did you know, have any idea what this is? The bank manager says, <laughs> what is this? This is a knick-knack, Paddywhack. Give the frog a loan. His old man's a rolling stone. <laughs> It's time to keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times because it's time once again for Randy's Rant. It's rant time, Randy. Oh, God, I can't see Welcome that. to The Rock. Welcome to The Rock. Yeah, it's a great show. Welcome to The, welcome to the Bump and Grind. It's a great show. I, I we were just talking it about is. it during the break. It's just a really great show, and you got to go it see is. it. It's coming back mm. on Broadway and in Australia. Yeah. yeah. Hey, listen. There were two. And they made a, They fil They filmed it as well. They filmed it as well. Did they? Uh, oh, it's it's amazing. Go buy a ticket. Yeah. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Uh -huh. um, what were you going to be am amazed about during Randy's rant? Go on. No, there were two things that I wanted to mention. One was uh, <laughs> evidently Australia and America are now uh, bosom buddies. Uh, uh, with the UK, with the UK. Yeah, with it, way, evidently yeah. we're getting nuclear subs. Yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> they're not nuclear armed; they're just nuclear powered. No, no, I mean, they're they're nuclear powered, but every, not nuclear armed. Yeah, everybody's everybody's all uh, got their tits in a ringer. Uh, including New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, but it's not about nuclear weapons. It's only the power. And this, and they're quiet. And they're quiet. Anyway, that's all. Yeah, I, I don't, I, you know, I, 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 look, China already views, you know, uh, as uh, uh, Australia is kind of like a 51st state anyway. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of like yeah. it's the Randy Newman state, you know, we'll save Australia. Don't want to hurt yeah. no kangaroos, you know. And uh, and then of course uh, uh, California. 
Uh, Newsom. Yeah. Newsom uh, survived the election thing. Against 42 Republicans. Yeah. <laughs> Did you Did notice the guy, a dick? the guy oh. tried to pull the old Trump thing, you know, before? <laughs> he said, I mean, he said it was government. Oh, I don't know. It could be, uh, you know, it could be cheating. Rigged. It could be rigged. Yeah, yeah it, it could, could be rigged. rigged. There's something in her pants. There's something there. <laughs> How many times do you think that's going to actually work? <laughs> you know, when they keep losing <laughs> a recall. If if the if if the 42 people yeah split 50 51 percent of the vote, they the a person could have won with just two percent. Yeah, I know, but I mean yeah. they lost by like 30, and you know yeah, I mean. But see that that's. That's how, that's how preferential like preferential voting, yeah. which we have, and it, and it's it can bloody kill you. Yeah, yeah, it's a crazy law. Anyway, I just want to mention. And what those was the things. other? And what was the other thing? What was the other thing? God, uh, no, I I think that was it. And and of course, uh, okay, okay. Norm Macdonald died, which I think is really awful. Really awful. You have to explain to people who he is. Norm Macdonald uh, is a stand-up comedian that is. Uh, I, there's a joke. Go on YouTube and go Norm MacDonald moth joke. Okay? Uh, I have watched him for years. He evidently had cancer. I didn't know him, but he made me laugh harder than I have ever laughed. <laughs> he was on... Ever. People might know him. He was on, uh, he was on the, um, uh, the Orville, you know? Yeah, and, and, um, and all comics loved him. They all, yeah, they all loved Norm Macdonald. Yeah. And uh, I was watching some of his stuff back, and it's like, oh my god, he did this. Uh, he did this joke about uh, the first time I saw him. He did this. Not, he did this joke about uh, you know, like uh, you know. Yeah, I got those serial killers. He talks a bit like, yeah, you got those serial killers out there telling people to, you know, go out and kill their families, right? Well, suppose you you go out and you kill your family and you worship Satan and, you know, I I will give you these offerings, you, oh, great Lord of the netherworld. And and that's when the mask comes up. Hey, it's not Satan, it's me, Dave. (laughs) Oh, Dave! Okay, uh, you got me there, Dave. So, <laughs> here, here I am with my family in a suitcase. Wow, wow, you got me. <laughs> that, no, not, on that note, not coming to your place for Christmas, on, Dave. <laughs> on that, on on that note. Yes, I'm sorry. You, you left. Uh, yeah, we Norm left McDonald. everybody. The, this is Randy's rant. Okay, we it is did, Randy's uh, rant. Sorry. Uh, we did leave people with a bit of a, a downer, so I thought to raise spirits. Mm. Um, even, even dead comics don't raise spirits. Mm. But I um, I thought we would, could do some memes. A memes? memes, yes. I like memes. Yeah. Uh, and people say, why can you do a meme? Because you can't see the pictures. The point is, is it's the words. Like, okay. this one is Billy. This one is Billy. This is Bill. Bill says, I don't know why marijuana is still considered criminal. When I smoke, the only thing that I'm a threat to is a cake. Yes, that's more or less true. That's (laughs) more or less true. Okay, this is mine. I've I've decided on a new career. I'm going to be a backward stripper. I come out on stage naked 
and people pay me to put my clothes back on. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> please, please put me? your clothes back on. I've started a support group for men with erectile dysfunction. But it was a flop and nobody came. Thank you. Boom, boom. Boom, boom, I don't... Okay. If you don't trust doctors and, and science to keep you from getting sick, why the hell are you clogging up hospitals trying to get them to cure you? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's my favorite. This is actually real. This is real. Tell me. Dur- during an interview on Fox News this week, yeah. uh, one of the reporters asked... Uh, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, why Tesla CEO Elon Musk was not invited to a White House uh, uh, to a meeting on tailpipe emissions. Why is that? The Fox News asked, host asked accusingly. Yeah. Was it because Tesla is not unionized? And Buttigieg patiently explained that the meeting was called to announce tailpipe emission standards and electric cars don't have tailpipes. Tailpipes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that guy an idiot or what? <laughs> Okay, it, this is when Bill. This is when Bill was at school. Okay, this is Bill. Yeah, uh, he had a project. He had a project called My Favorite Animal. Okay, and Bill's teacher. Bill's teacher asked uh, Billy, "What's your favorite animal?" And I said, "Fried chicken." And she said, "That isn't funny." It couldn't have been right because everybody else laughed. My parents told me to always tell the truth. And I did. Fried chicken is my favorite animal. Fried chicken. Uh, uh, Bill told his ma- his dad what happened, and his dad said, "Well, the teacher is probably an animal rights person uh, uh, because uh, she probably loves animals very much, and so I do too, especially chicken, pork, and beef." Said Bill. So uh, the t- anyway, the teacher sent me to the principal's office. I told him what happened, and he laughed, and he said, "Look, better not do that again." Next day, I went to school. Again, Bill went to school again, and the teacher asked him what his favorite live animal was. She thought she'd, she'd trick him. And he said, it was chicken. And she asked him why. And, and, and Bill said, because you can make them into fried chicken. Oh, she was so angry, she sent him back to the principal's office again. Mm-hmm. So Bill told the principal, and he laughed, and he said, look, don't do it again. And Bill said to his principal, I don't understand. My parents taught me to be honest, but my teacher doesn't like me when I am. So today, when my teacher asked me to tell her what famous military person I admired most, I told her Colonel Sanders. That's, a, that's a long trip. That's a long trip. <laughs> Here, here. Uh, that was like going uptown on a real local. The the small A train that stops at every stop. Now, um, (laughs) this is a a letter from somebody in Miami Beach. Letter from somebody in Miami Beach. If you voted Republican because you fear socialism, then you must live out your truth. Do not accept Social Security. Do not accept Medicare or Medicaid. Yeah. Don't go to public beaches, parks, or libraries. Yeah. Don't allow your children to go to school. And don't take advantage of food programs. Drive only on toll roads. And if you call 911 unless you intend to pay for services rendered, don't do it. Good point. I don't think anybody's going to listen to this broadcast and go, hey, he's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, mean, somebody says, look, I, that's, I said that's socialism here. And I say, show me your Medicare card. And that's go, socialism. Oh, yeah, I guess. We're, yeah, we're, we're actually got, releasing we're, we're, a show here on the Bill Show called That's Socialism. 
<laughs> Exclamation yeah, it, point. It's, it's, it's a summary placement show. <laughs> yeah, it, there, there, there's a lot of socialism in America, uh, about 75 things, you know, including oh, you know, yeah, army absolutely. police, yeah. air traffic control, all of that, you know? Yep. Um, okay, here, unfortunately, is a preventable tragedy. Preventable tragedy. Uh, a four-year-old uh, girl died in Texas from COVID, four years old. Mm. Uh, she was healthy and full of life, but her mother got COVID, and the next day the daughter had a fever and died. Ugh. The mother recovered. The mother says, I was one of those anti-vaccine people. Yep. Now I wish I never was, she told reporters between sobs. Yeah. So I guess I wasn't cheering a lot of people up, but they're thinking that it's only an old folks' disease. Four years old is not old. No, no, it's not old no. at all. And uh, okay. I guarantee you, uh, uh, not, not, uh, I guarantee you, uh, she, she'll be uh, sitting there watching the Fox, you know? Yeah. You know, oh, Tucker's rusted best on friend. like my mother. Yeah. I changed the channel and she nearly threw me out when the last time I went back. I mean, That's I, a long it, way to throw, throw somebody 10,000 kilometers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Here now, here now. Here now, we're, we're, I've got something exciting. Now, a lot of you folks out there will be listening to this program uh, two days from now when you finally get it in your post box or your email box or Spotify. And that may be Saturday, the 18th of September. Now, uh, I'm going to play you a track. The first track, it's a double track. First half was, uh, was recorded on August 14th, hmm. and the other track, the second track on September 14th, uh, three days ago. And I want you to listen to this, and then I want to tell, I want you to tell me if this happened, okay? Okay. Uh, Bill, play the track. All right. Play, we'll play your cousins. Track. Here we go. Yeah. You have a Trump ally by the name of Matt Brainerd, um, who says that they're going back to the Capitol. He appeared on Steve Bannon's podcast last week where he said, quote, as we continue to raise the profiles of these individuals, talking about the people who were arrested in the Capitol riot, it makes it harder and harder for the left's phony narrative about an insurrection to stick. We're going to push back on the phony narrative that there was an insurrection. And they have scheduled a Justice for J6 rally in D.C. for September 18th. September 18th is the date that he gave on Steve Bannon's podcast. Now, he says that he has gone through, he's gotten this whole thing approved uh, according to what he said during this interview. This is a planned rally that is going to take place. He also says he totally has lawmakers signed up that are going to you know, come and speak at this little event. Of course, he won't tell us who they are yet. But, you know, if I had to make a guess as to the kind of people that would speak at this, uh, perhaps a Mo Brooks, a Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert. Uh, those kind of seem like the folks that would be drawn to an event like this. Of course, time will tell. He, again, has not released their names. He says they will once they're totally confirmed to the event. But, folks, we now have a date. We have a date of when they're going back to Washington, D.C., September 18th. Supporters of the people charged in connection with that January 6th riot outside the U.S. Capitol building planning a rally in Washington, D.C. this Saturday because of that possibility of violence. A fence will be put up around the Capitol building 
before that event. Capitol Police will also be using new security cameras to keep track of everyone. Those cameras are on loan from the military. They provide a 360-degree view both day and night. Wow. It looks like the Borg Collective are having a meeting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. To see, you know, the huge, you know, resistance is futile. <laughs> but I, I understand that, you know, the, the Congress is now a Death Star. And uh, good luck getting into it. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, Gomer. You think you think a flagpole is going to do it to do the trick this time? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 either happening right now while our listener is listening to this now, or or, or it, if or it fist, uh, no, I mean, in two days' time, it'll happen. It's going to be happening. But there are actually people listening to this. On the 18th of September, because that's about when most of our people get the the podcast. Well, you know, so, um, I, I, my, I have a prediction. It's I, I, I listen. Uh, there's no way that they're getting anywhere near anywhere. You know. The, oh no! But there, there, there may be the numbers though. Yeah, no, they'll they'll gather as the Borg do from time to time. <laughs> you know, okay, you get some, you know, some fucking nutwit. <laughs> You know, I mean, like Marjorie Taylor Greene <laughs> will wear her. You know, I mean, it's 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 almost like a ZZ Top concert, really. It's that yeah, everybody's going to come out and do their twenty. You know, oh, they're going to spin their they're going to spin yeah, their guitars. You know, yeah, so they you know every now and then I want to go to one of those things and just see them light their lighters and just go play Benghazi. <laughs> <laughs> Play, play Hillary, play Hillary's pizza rapist gate shit. You know, just well, play all the there, hits. <laughs> there is a couple. There was a couple of there was a couple of memes that I thought of you, but they were totally pictures. Yeah, one was a a dumpster out behind a morgue that was full to the brim of MAGA hats, and <laughs> I true. just there was no caption, no nothing. Yeah. Uh, we we talked about this the, uh, earlier in the show because. They're basically um, dying like flies, yeah. especially radio hosts. Yeah. Another one was uh, uh, was um, uh, call, uh, it was a, a star is Borg, and it sort of had um, um, you know uh, Chris Christopherson and Alice Krieg, who was the uh, Borg queen. That's right. <laughs> yeah, having a having a kiss. So the star is Borg, and I thought that's funny. That's that's, that's funny. funny. That's funny. Yeah, Borg are funny. I mean, I have always called them the Borg. I have always looked at them and I go, yeah, you you even might have been a good person once, you know, because Captain Picard, he got absorbed, man. And a bunch of those red shirts on the Enterprise, they they were good guys. And then, then, you know, and then you're part of the uh, collective. You're part of the Borg. That's absolutely right. And there is another one that showed um, Winnie the Pooh getting on the transporter pad. On the Enterprise, and he suddenly realizes he's wearing a red shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's that's that's, well, that's me. Because, but see, that that's like e-ticket ride. It's become part of our vernacular to mean something. A red shirt means you're going to die on an away mission. Yeah. Uh, like an e-ticket ride was the most expensive uh, ticket in your book. Yeah. Up until about mid mid sixties, when they just gave uh, everybody had the same tickets. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, uh, there are certain terms like that that have entered into our um, vernacular, and I love them. They are great. 
Anything else, my yeah, friend? Yeah, and uh, yes, I want to now talk about what my real rant was. As oh, as your as real as rant. As that as wasn't as the real one. Well. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Steak knives. Steak knives. Steak knives. Okay, go ahead. Um, okay. Several weeks ago, I talked about the possibility of mandatory vaccinations. Mm. And everybody... And I and I was talking about everybody going, oh, no, it won't happen. Well, our young friend um, Joe Biden, who couldn't remember our prime minister's name, yeah. Ratface, I think he called him, um, came out last week and said, or this week, and said, I am mandating that all federal employees will be vaccinated. Yeah. And that is, if you count all the Army and uh, Postal Service and all state, this, that, and the other thing, yeah. is nearly 100 million people. Yeah. Now, we can't even mandate that our health workers will get vaccinated. Here in Australia, the uh, ambulance drivers and paramedics are refusing. Which I think is... Uh, is- Kind of madness. I, I, why not? Well, it is. Everybody just grow up, would you we've please? All, <laughs> I, you know, come on, man. Yeah. You know, why, yeah, why? We've also got, <sighs> yeah, I, we've also got here in, in Castlemaine, yeah, uh, a bit of blow, bit of blowback. A lot of people are, are being not violent, but quite bulgy anti maskers. Really? And they're going into restaurants, going to restaurants and supermarkets and almost daring you. They see it on TV. They see it on TV. Well, turn the off the television and, and tell them to go to bed. If the TV, like Jimmy Jones, jumped off to that bridge, would you do the same thing? Of course. How old are yeah. these people? <laughs> yeah, look, they oh, these fuck. people are, they, well, they are. And the thing is, is that you've, we've got shop people mainly young women uh, are just in tears in Target and Kmart because people come up and say, I'm not wearing a mask. Yeah, but that's not, you know, I mean, I live here too, Randy. Yeah, you know, I mean, I would venture to say that maybe that's 2% of the population. Yes, but the point is is that 2% are vocal and violent. Oh, well, you know, 2% the minority fucking crazies in this country. Yes, but the point is, is that's confronting for people in a retail situation. Oh yeah, and they're and it should not be. They're tolerated. leaving the restaurant. I know, and it should not. But uh, people are at a loss as to how to approach it. Is it against the law? Is it? I mean, I think assault is against the law, so take them on for a verbal assault. But most of them are just saying, "You can't make me. You can't make me. You can't make yeah. me." Yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the show. You know. Uh, Oh, and I told you somebody sent me a, a, a message saying um, I'd rather crap in my hands and clap than take the vaccine. Um, that was his uh, message on his uh, Facebook page. And I thought, well, that does sound gross, but then it does sound like you're being an anti-vaxxer. No, um, you're, you're being a child. So there, there are, but this is a person <laughs> that I children. deal with uh, at least a, cu- a couple of times a week. Mm. Um, he's, anyway, I... I I'm finding it really distasteful because we're such an egalitarian society compared to America, which is uh, self-centered and self-righteous. Mm. Australia used to so be if really you, egalitarian. Uh, hey, Randy, Randy, if you saw yeah, yeah, yeah. someone where you live walking down the street without a mask, would you say something to him? I'd say, where's your mask? 
Trust and I me, have, he would. And I've, got a, I've, got, I've, I've seen yeah, him do shit like this. Uh, he, he, he'll, he'll go right yeah, up to you. And they, <laughs> what but the, the fuck's thing the problem? Is, is the, <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the thing is, is, is they'll give you a mouthful and, the, and, and things like that, and you think, well, uh, you know, that you obviously have problems. There are people that are starting to wear this, I have a reason for not wearing a mask sign. But they're, I don't know what, they say, I have breathing difficulties. And I say, well, yeah, and you're going to have it. A respirator is not going to help either. So uh, it's your choice I'm now gonna, or later. I'm going to sick uh, and then it, Randy, I'm going to sick you on Florida. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm going to sick Randy on Florida. <laughs> I'll, run for the go- I'll run for governor because there will yeah. only be Democrats left. What the fuck's your problem, man? <laughs> you're like yeah. the Joe okay, Pecci of masks. You, your, you are. Yeah, your friend, yeah. Do I your look friend, like I'm a fucking thing? Do you look like you're fucking with me? What's that? Is that a night your mask? What do you think this is? A joke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, your friend Sean Hannity, your friend Sean Hannity came on a couple of days ago. Yes. And uh, had do? something to say about about Joe Biden's uh, mandate, and it really is the typical "we're the victim" Republicans. And I want you to play this because it just makes him look like an oh, absolute. Is this, is this going to be? Sh- I, oh God, I'm just going to get angry. No, you'll love it. You'll love yeah? it. Oh, you'll love all it. All right. And then we'll play the Arizona. Then we'll play the Arizona sheriff, and you can have fun. Okay. Uh, oh, Sean Hannity. Americans held hostage, abandoned behind enemy lines. Day 27. Day 27, Americans held hostage behind enemy lines. We have a lot of news to bring on that front tonight. Now, tonight, let's start with your freedom is under assault. Dr. Joe Biden, not sure what medical school he went to, won't take no for an answer. Now, it's your, it's your body, it's his choice, with an unconstitutional, illegal, unethical federal vaccine mandate that, by the way, uh, he said he would never support, one that Jen Psaki told us that it is not the role of the federal government to do, one that Nancy Pelosi said they don't have the authority to do it, and Kamala Harris was the one that said it's your body, you get to make the choice. And to make matters worse, this has nothing to do with your health or safety. Instead, this is a cold, it is a calculated, it is a political ploy. Biden's presidency has been a complete disaster in every single way. Think of one thing. Can you name one thing that he's done that you could point to that you think is a success? He abandoned Americans behind enemy lines. Can't even tell us how many he abandoned. Daryl Issa says around 500. 13 American heroes are now dead because of Joe's Afghan disaster. When he had control of Kabul, he could have gotten every American out safely, every Afghan ally out safely, all our equipment out safely. His poll numbers are in the basement. He's desperate to galvanize support around a shared common enemy. That enemy is some Americans that don't buy into his one-size-fits-all unscientific medicine. Think about this. One, one size fits all. No medical exemptions. Let's start there. How is that following science? It's not, especially those who refuse to follow his vaccine rules and mandates, including Republican governors, by the way, who won't act like many dictators who actually believe strongly in a principle that Joe gives lip service to, and it's called liberty and freedom and choice. Joe says it's not about freedom. It's not about choice. It is about freedom. It is about your choice. Sean is absolutely right. It is your choice. <laughs> Sean's right. Die, you bastard. Don't take that. It's your funeral. Don't take that vaccine. 
Hey, and you know something? That's that's Sean Hannity. He he speaks good sense, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, man, I I really do. do. Really, seriously, don't take the vaccine. <laughs> Go ahead. I, uh, you're absolutely right. The midterm, the midterms will be yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Don't Work your way through the medicine yeah. cabinet, Gomer. Uh, I. <laughs> Really well, seriously, taking, uh, I, it's also horse, like horse dewormer. Yeah. It's also like fucking Sean Hannity, right? You know, it's like I was sitting there through half of it, and half of it I was sitting there going, <laughs> "It's like, you know, it's like you, you're falling asleep." You know, you're going, "Oh Jesus Christ!" You know, it's like you're cornered, and it's like it's fascist music. <laughs> it's like it's yeah. just you know. You know, and uh, he's uh, he's really, you know, I love the fact that we live in a world today that the choice between good and evil is so glaringly <laughs> obvious. <laughs> you know, usually it's just evil. It's just like, oh, maybe a little evil. Just, you know, okay. you know but, but look at Sean he's Hannity, just, man. That just, is solid gold, greed, corruption, fucking no soul, goddamn evil. <laughs> that, is, that is like, get the towels. I'm going to Auschwitz to hand out the soaps. That's, <laughs> that's really fucking, you got, you got to stand back. A bit. All right, I'm sorry. You gotta stand Bill. back I'm in sorry, admiration of uh, like 24 karat fucking Goebbels. Where do I sign up for the Third Reich evil? So, Sean Bill, Hannity. Bill. Uh, yeah. It, now I've got the icing on the COVID cake. Yeah. I've got your friend, your friend, the Arizona sheriff. Yeah. Who says you ain't coming to my town to give uh, vaccines? Nah. I'm so uh, play this. Play this little track. Okay, what's this? Just to finish my contribution. Okay, here we go. All right, it's another track. I don't know what it is. Uh, here we go, Randy. I wanted to let you know that here at the Pinal County Sheriff's Office, we do not mandate the vaccine. And as long as I'm your sheriff, we will never mandate the vaccine. We believe that your health choices are yours and yours alone. So whether you get the vaccine or don't get the vaccine, that's your private information. Here, we believe in America and freedom. That is Pinal County, Arizona Sheriff Mark Lamb saying no vaccine mandates are coming to his department in a video that has gone viral. Sheriff Lamb joins us now with more on his message on personal freedom and the response that he's getting. Good morning to you, Sheriff. Good morning, Ainsley. Good Thanks morning. For having me. Thanks for being on with us. You got so many views, more than 65,000 at our last check. Were you surprised? No, we kind of knew this would go viral. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's a hot topic in this country. And look, I, I, frankly, I did it because I'm tired of seeing weak leadership across this country and weak leadership as it relates to protecting their employees' rights. Um, so we wanted to do something that let people know that here we don't tolerate that. Well, the Biden administration is pushing businesses to mandate this. Why are you against it? Well, I think it's people's personal choice. You know, I, I, health choices have always been. You know, last year, it was like pulling teeth to get a list of anybody that had COVID so that when my deputies responded to their houses, we knew who they were. Now, these same people are more than willing to give up all of your public health uh, privacy uh, for the sake of security. And I'm not okay with that. I don't think it should change. Have you gotten a lot of support? Oh, I've gotten a ton of support. Um, you know, you get your pushback too. I, some new sport thing called me a rebel, but I don't know. I guess that's a good thing. Happy trip. 
comes to you until we meet again. Again. Okay, that's en- that's enough. Oh, sorry, no, no. Man. We don't want to make them throw up. They're already mad enough as it, with us as it is. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Guess thank you for listening. Guess who's running for Congress? Guess yeah. who's running for Congress? No, in America, you you America, you you elect county officials like sheriffs. Yeah, he's running for Congress. No, he's, for, he, he's running for sheriff. No, no, he's already sheriff. Yeah, yeah, but right? he's running for re-election. Oh, sure, he's running for re-election, but man, yeah, I'll, yeah. Tell, I'll tell you, man. Yeah, no, no, that, that, that little creep's running for Congress soon. <laughs> that, that, yeah, you know the type. that He's a go-getter. He's yeah. a go-getter, and he's, he smells, uh, you know, he's, he's been doing a little media training. He's so tall, he's, and he's uh, got those those Cuban heels oh, on yeah, his yeah. boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of those little Gustav thugs. They yeah. they, they they put it in the Midwesterns. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've been a sheriff for thirty years. I kill kids and fuck abortion. <laughs> we've still we still got a bunch of uh, Spanish kids in us. Anybody in tries a, to a, spend a, some a, money on yeah. lesbians, I'll kill them. <laughs> we've still got a lot of those kids in a cage. You know, kids in a cage down here in Arizona. Yeah, you, right. want, you want any of them? <laughs> Sheriff Brick Walker, Congress. Yeah, I can hardly read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're be not on talking there. about the uterus uterus patrol. That's in Texas. No, 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 no. Brick over there. He's he's going to be the uh, he's going to be the rebel congressman. <laughs> no. and, by the way, folks, anybody who says they're a rebel isn't. <laughs> yeah, big big thing I've learned in sixty two years. You know, never, I don't know what what oh, are you? No, I'm we've a just rebel. Just over an hour. Let's. We've got to stop. We got to stop. Okay, guys, I, I'd like to uh, actually say something that I'm really excited about. Like really, 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 really excited about. Oh, dirty glass is gonna uh, come on. Oh, yeah, we're we're. Uh, I'm talking to uh, Drift Glass and Blue Gal over the professional left, and they have graciously said that that we're gonna do. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm gonna be able to do an interview with my. Uh-huh. my uh-huh. I, I, isn't that so cool? That is really cool, and I'm gonna be like, I, I'm gonna be like a, uh, uh, just a groupie. You know, I'm just going to be telling oh, you, Drift no, Glass will start no. talking. I'll go, I'm your number one fan. <laughs> your, put a spit, your, your put plasticine figures your, of Obama yeah. were in the wrong direction. Yeah. Drift put Glass, Put a spit guard on your mic because you'll be drooling. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like really good to uh, finally meet your heroes. And you're going you're gonna to interview Val from Glen Falls. Yeah. Our number one fan uh, who Glenn's, uh, we, Glenn's we need to have on the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, okay. Uh, good night, so, listener. So goodbye, everyone. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> Are we doing anything else? What did you want to do? Well, I don't know. What uh, I'm open a beer. It's it's uh, it's Friday night. It's late. It's eight thirty. Oh yeah, beer. it's Miller yeah. time. Okay, fantastic. On behalf <laughs> of our entire staff here at the beautiful. Hey, you show got studios. a flame coming out of your ass? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it, Reverend. Stop it. <laughs> On behalf of the entire studio staff here at the palatial yet not overly ostentatious Bill Show Studios, we'd like to say good night. Good night, Claudia. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good, good night, night Every I love you all for listening and uh, thanks. Good night, John. Good night. Bye. Everybody quiet down now and get some sleep. Good night, everybody. Good night, Mama. Good night, Ben.
Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. What's going on? I was asleep. What's everybody doing? Good night, Good night Jim Bob. Jim Bob. <laughs> <laughs>